Good morning and welcome to a January 4th, Tuesday morning edition of the Christian Underground News Network. I'm your host, Kurt Chamberlain, along with your co-host, Pastor Dick Chamberlain. And ladies and gentlemen, after a two-week absence, we also are very pleased and blessed to announce that we have Dr. J.B. Hickson back with us um, after a two-week absence. Uh, I, I only wish that the absence had been due to, you know, the fact that you were out on the circuit uh, preaching. Uh, however, I, I do know that it was because there was a little bit of a contention with the flu in, in your household, wasn't there? Well, I don't know if I'd call it a little contention. The flu uh, won in a unanimous decision. In fact, it was really a knockout. So, Wow. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, JB, we were praying heavy for you, and, and uh, we are really glad that you're back and, and that you and Wendy and Faith are doing okay. And, Amen. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, it's just a blessing to have you back. And I know that we're going to be talking about uh, something very vital to the church this morning. And uh, this is a really critical subject for everybody uh, to understand. And I, I know that uh, as far as explaining the things uh, that are necessary to explain in detail, you're the guy that uh, I, I would love to have doing it every time. So let us know uh, what, what it is that you'd like to focus on this morning. Well, here we are. It's uh, January. We're recording this on January the 4th. It'll be posted, I think, to the Christian Underground News Network later this morning and likewise to the Not By Works uh, Ministries uh, podcast channel as well. Uh, but it's January 4th, early in the year, and uh, it just occurs to me after two pretty wild years, I think everybody would agree with that, 2020 and 2021, unprecedented times, uh, global events, uh, literally seeing the stage set for prophecy right before our very eyes. Um, mm -hmm. It occurs to me that probably more than any other time uh, in, in church history, uh, we, the church needs to be focused on and prioritizing Bible prophecy in the coming year. So I, I, I've titled the topic or kind of chosen this as a topic, why the church needs to prioritize Bible prophecy in 2022. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's such a strange uh, sort of convergence of things happening. We've got all kinds of uh, global uh, medical tyranny taking place. Uh, even, of course, in America, it's bad enough, but in some countries, it's just oppressive it's beyond oppressive the yeah you're, you're talking about like australia and yeah australia new zealand, new zealand and and and, yeah. and many other places and so um we see um a lot of saber rattling we see tensions rising in the south china sea and tensions with russia we see uh, problems in the russia ukraine border we see um so many uh you know tensions even in our own country you've got uh, you know, a key Supreme Court ruling uh, going to be coming down, uh, going all the way back to Roe v. Wade in 1973. Right, so that's, right. you know, after so many years of, of uh, murdering uh, the unborn, uh, here we are actually dealing with that issue. Now, I'm not hopeful that it's going to amount to much. I pray that it does, but uh, just based on my experience with uh, American uh, political system and the Republican and Democratic parties. I'm yeah. not holding my breath, but just the very fact that it's even on the news and in in the public domain being talked about and 
addressed just is unprecedented. And so we see so many of these things happening. And I, I can't help but think that now more than ever before, churches need to press pause on whatever it is that they're dealing with and look at life uh, through the lens of a Bible prophecy. So uh, I have several reasons I think this is the case, but I want us to start by uh, looking at 2 Peter chapter 3. And we've talked about this before on your show, and I know I've talked about it a lot at, at Bible conferences, but in 2 Peter uh, chapter 3, we find these words. Uh, Peter, of course, the author, uh, one of the inner three disciples here. Um, and he says in chapter 3, beginning in verse 3, knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lusts, and saying, where is the promise of his coming? So let's just stop there. First of all, Peter is talking about this present age. The last days in scripture refers mm -hmm. to the present church age. Now, I just began a series a Sunday at Plum Creek Chapel in Sedalia, Colorado, uh, that I'm going to uh, kind of take us through for the next year. And those who follow the Not By Works podcast or videos, you'll be able to access these. You can see the video from Sunday already on our website, or you can listen to the podcast audio version. But it'll take us through the better part of the year. <coughs> and we're, we're going to be studying the book of Acts. And the reason I chose that is because the same kind of reasons we're talking about here on the show this morning, that in these unprecedented times, we need to be familiar with what the church is and, and what it's supposed to be and where the church fits in God's plan of the ages. And, you know, I, I started out the message Sunday talking about Isaiah 51.1, where Isaiah, the prophet, speaking to the, you know, eighth century people of Judah during a very unprecedented time for them too, a, a difficult time, a low point in Israel's history. He said, uh, look to the rock from which you were hewn. In yep. other words, go back and remember all of the times that God, the creator provided, protected, led, guided, uh, did, you know, was with you during your history. And I think we as a church after 2000 years have largely lost sight of, of where we have come from and where we're going and what our purpose is. And so it's going to be harder and harder, I think, to be a Christian, be a believer in this age of persecution. Uh, and for that reason, we need to look to the rock from which we were hewn, go back and, and see, uh, uh, see what the Bible has to say about the church. So I, I started that uh, Sunday. And as we're talking about that in our, my Sunday morning series, I'm going to make it clear, and it is clear in Scripture, that the church age is the last days. And yes, so yeah. when Peter says in 2 Peter 3 that scoffers will come in the last days, mm -hmm. he's speaking about the age in which he was writing uh, back in the 60s AD, and he's speaking about the age that has continued now for almost 2,000 years as we await the Lord's return. It's the church age. But notice he says, scoffers will come, future tense. Mm -hmm. In other words, uh, he's saying there's going to come a time when people will scoff and they will walk according to their own lust. Now, lust there doesn't necessarily uh, exclusively refer to physical or sensual lust. It just means they'll be doing what seems right to them or feels right to them or makes mm -hmm. them feel good. It's the yeah. same kind of thing that Paul talked about when he says, 
Uh, people yeah. will have itching ears and will heap up for themselves teachers that are saying only what they want them to say. Right. But so when he says they're going to be walking according to their own lusts, he clarifies and he says in the next verse, 2 Peter 3, 4, that these scoffers will be saying, where is the promise of his coming? Mm -hmm. In other words, he's not coming back. Why are yeah. you why are you crazy fools continuing to talk about the rapture and the second coming and the tribulation and Bible prophecy? Yeah. Yeah. You know, what's the point? He hadn't ha he hadn't come for 2000 years. In other words, these scoffers have given up and they're mocking anybody who still hangs on to the blessed hope. Yeah. And so, you know, I believe we're living in that part of the last days. I think the time is short and and, and it should not surprise us that you know, nobody's or very few churches seem interested in Bible prophecy. Uh, but nevertheless, uh, now more than ever before, the church needs to teach on and prioritize a Bible prophecy. Agreed. So, uh, one of the first reasons that comes to my mind, again, I believe the Bible is the word of God. I believe it is the only standard for our beliefs, attitudes, and practices. So uh, several of these reasons that the church needs to get back to Bible prophecy come straight from God's word. And I was reminded as I was thinking about this of uh, the Apostle Paul's address to the Ephesian elders. I think he was in Miletus at the time, but don't quote me on that. But it, he was addressing the Ephesian elders who had come to meet with him. <clears throat> and uh, in Acts chapter 20 is where we find that encounter. And he tells them in verse 27 that he had not failed to preach the whole counsel of God. Yeah. And I think churches today <clears throat> need to preach the whole counsel of God. And, uh, you know, I chuckle because it seems so obvious to me that, you know, when 16% of the Bible, roughly speaking, uh, deals with unfulfilled future prophecy, 16%, yeah. that, you know, if you're not preaching the whole counsel of God, you're only, you know, if you're, if you're not preaching about Bible prophecy, you're only preaching 84% of the Bible. And, uh, yeah. you know, that's a basically a B minus where I come from. So yeah. the church today needs, you know, A plus preachers, not B minus preachers. Amen. And uh, of course, you and I both know there are plenty of F preachers. There's plenty of preachers that have completely abandoned God's word and are not preaching yeah. anything remotely close to the gospel. That's for but sure. Even among those who value the word of God and believe in inerrancy and believe the Bible, there is a very profound neglect of a significant portion uh, of scripture. And so one reason that we should prioritize Bible prophecy in 2022 is that we should always every year be preaching the whole counsel uh, of God. Um, another reason uh, that we should prioritize it in 2022. And again, these are not specific to this year. I'll get to that in a moment, but just in general, don't forget that Jesus commanded in Luke 21, 28 to look up and be watchful for our redemption is drawing nigh. Yeah, we were just reading that earlier, JB, yeah. Yeah, and in the context, of course, of Luke 21, he's speaking to national Israel, and he's talking about their redemption right. into the kingdom, so he's talking about his second coming, uh, but essentially what he was saying that this was before the church age had started, near the end of uh, Christ's life, his earthly ministry, before he was crucified, um, buried, and resurrected, uh, but the same principle holds true today. If if the Jews are supposed to be looking up and being watchful for their entrance into the kingdom, 
so too should the church be looking up and being watchful for the return of Christ, because the rapture happens before, before the second yeah. coming. That's right. So, I mean, you can't have one without the other. So Jesus commands it. Jesus uh, told us that we should live in a state of expectancy, <laughs> that each day we should think it could be today. We're supposed to love his appearing. What's that? Yeah, we're supposed to love his appearing. Absolutely. Yeah, that's right. And so, uh, I mean, John, 1 John 2, I think it's 28, says, uh, you know, abide in him, meaning remain in close fellowship with the Lord, brothers, yeah. because when he appears, you want to be found confident, not ashamed. That's so right. there's this sense of recognition that, again, it could be today. Now, part of the problem when you start talking with people about teaching and preaching end times prophecy, especially those scoffers that Peter warned about, is they say, look, you know, every generation has thought it was going to be their generation. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and they were all wrong. That's what they say. Well, yeah. here's, the, here's the fact. Absolutely every generation thought it was going to be their generation. And guess what? It could have been. <laughs> they weren't wrong. That's right. Because they thought it was going to be doesn't mean they were wrong. That's right. Uh, God has the timetable. We don't know the times or the seasons, as Jesus told the disciples on the Mount of Ascension. Um, so, in fact, he commands us to expect that it could be today. That's and the right. fact that it's not doesn't mean we're wrong. It just means God's timetable is not our timetable. So yeah. when people say, you know, to me, well, every generation, everybody thought it was going to happen in their generation. I say, praise God for them. That means that they were the remnant. They were the godly ones. They were the yeah. biblical ones that were doing and thinking and having a right attitude about the end times. Amen. <laughs> so they're making my point, actually. Um, but, but still, you know, in the human mindset, especially, again, among the scoffers, they think because he hasn't returned yet, then it means he won't return. Mm -hmm. But here's the reality. And this is something I really want our listeners to, to think about. It's not particularly profound, and yet in its simplicity, we've, we've kind of overlooked it. And I've already said it a few times, but it could be today. It could be today. The fact that it's delayed doesn't mean it's going to continue to be delayed. That's right. I understand we tend to think that way, but, um, you know, I, I'm a big baseball fan. I, I think baseball is still largely a pure sport, and it's such a unique sport, unlike any other uh, sport and I love statistics and I love uh, just uh, watching games and hearing the announcers talk about some of the obscure statistics because baseball is such an old sport but you know one of the unique things about baseball is a guy can be batting can be in a real slump I mean let's say he's in a, he's a, been in a slump for 20 games just a really horrible slump striking out hardly ever getting a hit maybe in a in a period of time during the slump, he's batting, you know, 120. Yeah. Ooh. But which is pretty bad, right? That's a, that's a slump. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a slump indeed. Um, it, but it doesn't mean that the next time he comes to the bat, he might not hit a home run. And baseball lore is full of stories oh, of guys who came up in, in the most unlikely scenario, unexpected uh, timing knocked one out of the park, like the shot heard around the world, for example. Here's, here's, a, here's a perfect example. Bob Euchre only hit four home runs in his whole career, but he hit them all off Golden Gloves pitchers. How about that? 
Bob Euchre. Yeah, Bob, you, no less than Bob Euchre, who gets no respect. He's the Rodney Dangerfield of baseball. He is. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Pur purposely the Rodney Dangerfield. Yeah, that's right. That's that's his shtick, isn't it? <laughs> but, but my point is, past performance, this is something that, you know, managers have to really remember. You, you, you put your lineup together based on averages. That makes sense, right? Yeah. But past performance is no guarantee of future performance. Guys that are, you know, smacking the ball, you know, out of the park almost every time, batting 350, they can go 0 for 4 in a game. They yeah. could. They could they could go are, they could go 0 for for everything in the next 10 games. Absolutely. Past sure. performance is no guarantee of future performance. And except where the word of God is concerned. Well, absolutely. And that's what we're dealing with here is God's timetable and God's right. covenant promise and God's, you know, immutable word. And so uh, the disciples did not expect when God revealed through the pen of people like Paul and Peter, the rapture of the church and other details related to Christ's return, they did not expect that it was going to be 2000 years and counting roughly. Right. In fact, they all thought it would happen in their in their time. They, they sure did, and they, they had an, an an understanding of the doctrine of imminency, which means it could happen yep. at any time. Yeah. And so, you know, as as these scoffers look to the past to make conclusions about the present and the future, they're looking in the wrong direction. Yeah, right? Yeah, they are. We we yeah. don't look to the past. We look to the Word of God. That's and correct. The word of God is unambiguous on this matter. Jesus said, I will come again to take yeah. you to be where I am. Yeah. And Acts chapter one, the, the, the men in white raiment said, this same Jesus whom you saw go into heaven just now to sit at the right hand of the throne of God, the throne in waiting. This we'll same Jesus will so come in like manner. In like manner. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we absolutely, uh, you know, believe the word of God and these scoffers are embarrassing themselves, even though they claim to love the Lord and love his word. And they have this sort of spiritual, intellectual, elitist mindset. They're really indicting themselves when they, when they scoff at anybody who's teaching Bible uh, prophecy. Mm -hmm. So I really believe that now more than ever, the church needs to prioritize a Bible prophecy in the coming year. Another reason that I think this is so true, and, and especially for our day, is that the church throughout history, 2,000 years or so, uh, has always existed in a culture. In other words, it's always existed in a historical setting, mm -hmm. time and space. And uh, when we see the stage for biblical prophecy being set in such obvious ways, like we have the last two years, yes, sir. we need to remember that's our setting. I mean, that, that, that's our culture. This is our time in human history. That's right. It doesn't mean that, you know, that these things that have happened over the last two years are some kind of guarantee that the rapture is going to happen you know, on such and such a date, again, past. We can, yeah, we can't set a date for it. Yeah, we can't set a date and past events or past performance is no guarantee of future. But I tell you what, <clears throat> it sure should get our attention. And oh, yeah. especially in light of the verses that we've already talked about, where we are told 
to look up and be watchful and, uh, you know, be expecting his return and loving his appearing, especially in light of that, we want, when you couple that with all that's going on, it ought to say, you know, alert, alert, alert. It's time to be ready. And yeah. uh, so you know, the old Star Trek siren ought to be going off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was thinking of the, the, I'm a little older than you, I think. I was thinking of the old Lost in Space uh, television show I used to watch on Saturday mornings. Morning, you know, Will morning, Robinson. Will Robinson. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, danger, danger. Danger, danger. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not, uh, of course, danger for the church because it is a blessed hope, a rescue yes. from this present evil age uh, prior yeah. to the outpouring of the great uh, wrath of, of God Almighty. Uh, the second coming is, of course, a coming in judgment at the end of the tribulation when he comes to judge the world in perfect justice and righteousness. Amen. But nevertheless, you know, the analogy holds. It's this, these are things that are happening. Alarm bells should be going off all around us. And I think uh, the church needs to prioritize Bible prophecy in light of that. Now, every age, as our skeptics will quickly point out, has had certain signs that indicate we could be getting closer to the Lord's return. For example, you know, back after World War II, when Israel became a nation again in 1948, oh, yeah. um, that was a huge sign. And huge. Indeed, those who teach and preach and study Bible prophecy uh, made much ado about that and talked about how, hey, wow, this could, uh, could be significant and, and, and the rapture might happen soon. Yeah, that's okay. That's they're doing what they're supposed to be and doing. Absolutely. We should be doing that too. And you know why? Because there's going to come a generation, and it may well be today, that actually looks for and sees the rapture. And sees it. <laughs> we were just talking about it this morning, JB, with how much we're looking forward to it. Yeah. You know, and uh, it, it's something that I think about every day now. Yeah. Well, me too. I tell you, it's, uh, I just have this sense of urgency uh, that, yes. you, know, uh, you know, we just want to be ready. We want to kind of get our house in order. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's one of those things that, you know, his return is long overdue. Okay. Oh, oh, in yeah. other words, the longer we go into this church age, in a sense, the more likely it is that it's going to happen yeah. today. Yeah, we're, we're getting closer to it. There, there's yeah. just no, no two ways about it. Again, you know, I'm not the most profound or deep thinker, but isn't it the case that every day we're closer to his return than we were? Every day. day. <laughs> every day. So it, it could Amen. be today. It's long overdue. Um, you know, I, I feel like... Um, the, the 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 as I look around at the stage being set, I just think there are very few uh, frontiers, and I know I've said this before, uh, but it, but it always comes to my mind that there are very few frontiers that Satan has not conquered. <laughs> yeah. And so as the yeah. battleground is being formed, getting ready for that final battle in, 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 in the hills of Megiddo, Battle of Armageddon that Revelation talks about. Um, it just seems like Satan is, he's on the cusp of creating life through artificial intelligence and, um, you, know, you know, DNA manipulation and those types of things. He's already uh, 
all but destroyed the sanctity of marriage and uh, you know the sanctity of gender and the sanctity of language with all of this cancel culture and political correctness. Um, the whole transgender movement is an affront to a holy God who made man in his image, male and female. Uh, so I just feel like it has to be close. Now, again, I'm not making a prediction and I'm not making current events the primary focus. The primary focus is the word of God and, and its infallible promises. But, but we are because we are told to, you know, Jesus said, you know, to the Pharisees rebuking them, he said, look, you can look at the sky and, and foretell the weather. You know, if it's cloudy, it's going to rain. If it's sunny, it's not. But yet you can't look at the signs of the times and, and see yeah. what's happening. So yeah. we are on good biblical authority to do what I just did, which is take a look at things happening around us. And, and speculate, boy, it, it sure seems like it's getting close. Right. We're commanded to be sober and to be vigilant and uh, to be watchful. Yeah. And, uh, and that's what we're doing. And, and uh, Bible prophecy, if it doesn't make you do those three things, well, then, my goodness, I, I, I don't know what to say. It, it, every time I study it, uh, it, it brings uh, a clearer focus and uh, about the imminency of his return and, and what a terrible condition this world is in right now. Yeah, and, and let's not forget, the just to get very practical for a moment, uh, and I touched on this a moment ago with 1 John 2.28, but given that it could be today, what do you want to be found doing yeah. when the Lord comes back? Yeah, what manner of, what manner of people ought ye to be? Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, do you want to be one of those scoffers? Because I believe a lot of those people that are neglecting Bible prophecy, I think they're Christians. I don't necessarily question whether they've trusted in Christ and him alone for salvation. I right. think they're wrong. And I think they're making a very big mistake in, in such a time as this. But do you want to be like them? Or do you want to be, you know, maybe someone who's just not walking with the Lord living in the flesh? Do You want to be found you know unfaithful or do you want to be found faithful and uh our eternal security is not based upon our perseverance it's based upon the promise of christ who said that's right if you believe in me i give you eternal life and you shall never perish Amen. but nevertheless there are practical considerations we will all appear before the bame of judgment and we don't want we, we will be rewarded the verse you quoted earlier if, if we love his appearing if we long for his appearing Right. If we neglected it, never thought about it, and focused our entire, you know, focus on this life, this earthly life, yeah. we're not going to be rewarded. Right. We will forfeit the rewards of a watchful, uh, faithful uh, believer. So, uh, so I think there are some very practical uh, consideration that as you, as you hear the drum roll, you know, mm. you you ought to be on the edge of your seat, thinking, boy. I want to serve the Lord more faithful now. Time is short. It means there's less time to share the gospel. There's yeah, left, yeah. less time to be an example. Yeah. Uh, you know, so there's so many practical implications when a church chooses to prioritize Bible prophecy. It, 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 uh, and by the way, I, I mean, I, when I say prioritize, that's an intentionally chosen word. You know, if, if we were having this discussion maybe even five years ago, 
I would be, I would probably tone it down a bit and say, well, we ought to always be preaching Bible prophecy as a part of the mix. It ought to be part of the whole counsel of God, like we said yeah. earlier. But I don't know that it, back then it would have been as prioritized. Today it needs to be priority number one, because I think so too. Yeah, it's it's the end of the story. Everything comes together. Yeah. Everything coalesces at the return of Christ, yeah. which is nearer than ever before, and it has implications, as we just said, for for the gospel for the believer's sanctification for you know urgency of the hour for so many matters so uh, i don't think we should necessarily only focus on uh, eschatological passages and prophetic passages but every passage that we look at like right now i'm going through the book of acts which certainly has a lot of eschatology in it yes. and uh, we're talking about the church so it's mainly ecclesiology as a focus, yeah. but we're doing it with a view to and with one eye on Bible prophecy. How, how does the doctrine of the church fit with the doctrine of uh, the end times? So, you know, I've often taught in my theology classes that every area of theology, you know, if you think of the, the biggies, God, Bible, God, Christ, Holy Spirit, church, salvation, sanctification, demons, angels, man, sin, the end times. If you think of those, those topics, they're all interrelated. Uh, they, sure they don't, are. they're not independent. They're right. interdependent. And how, what you view about one necessarily will impact what you view about another. They, they're Absolutely. part of the whole counsel of God, part of the word of God. And so uh, just as it's a mistake to neglect one area, such as Bible prophecy, it's equally a mistake to overemphasize one and neglect the others. Yeah. So in our passion and zeal for studying and, and preaching and teaching about the return of Christ, we don't want to be guilty of the same mistake by neglecting other topics. And right. uh, so one of the reasons I chose the book of Acts is that it goes way back to the beginning and it touches on so many issues like the Holy Spirit and, uh, you know, church government and, uh, the body of Christ and servanthood and love and, and how God's what God's plan is. So it touches on theology proper. So, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing this 32 years and by no means uh, perfect. I can think of many times when I've kind of gotten out of balance in my focus and in my study of the word of God. And we want to, we want to strike a note of humility and remind even our, our brothers and sisters who are passionate about the end times as we are to be careful you know, that it's not a matter of the pot calling the kettle black. Um, Indeed, yeah. So, yeah. so one other uh, thing that occurs to me when I, when I think about why the church should prioritize Bible prophecy in 2022 is that great verse, Titus 2.13, where it says we're looking for the blessed yes. hope. Yeah. Talking about the rapture there. Now, I'm so familiar with that verse, and you are too, and, and I think most of our listeners are, that it might, it might somehow lose its significance, you know? Um, and, we, you know, the, the, the hope of the rapture, that's a pretty easy concept to think about, right? It means we yeah. believe in a rapture and we hope yeah. that it's coming soon. It is, it is something we hope for expectantly, yeah. right? That's right. But Paul says he adds a qualifier there. And he says, looking for the blessed hope. Well, that's interesting. What does that mean? It seems to set apart 
the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, the rapture, it, it, as some kind of special hope. Uh, it's a unique hope. So a lot of things that we can hope for, a lot of things biblically, you know, that we hope for. But, I mean, the rapture is a blessed hope. Uh, it's a, if you look up the word uh, bless there in Greek, one of the nuances is privileged. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a privilege to be part of the body of Christ and to therefore have this special blessing of meeting the Lord in the air someday, the great Amen. glorious appearing <laughs> of yeah. our great God and savior, Jesus Christ. And so uh, given the signs of the times being what they are, that blessed hope yeah. is very much a reality in, in 2022. And it's, it's time for the church to start pointing people's attention to that privileged hope, that blessed hope. Don't you think? Uh, I would agree wholeheartedly with that, sir. Yeah. So, uh, and then I want to kind of close out with just some other, one other thought that uh, kind of goes along with what uh, I've been teaching and you and I've been talking about a lot over the last year, uh, and that is uh, preparedness, you know, being prepared is a biblical principle, and being prepared obviously thus requires knowing what might happen according to Scripture, right? Right. Uh, God's given us a blueprint in his word of what's to come. Yep. And we know that we should be prepared just because not only does the Bible tell us to be prepared, for example, Proverbs 22, verse 3, the prudent person sees danger coming and prepares for it, right. uh, you know, or Proverbs, you know, 13, 16, a wise person thinks ahead, a fool doesn't and even brags about it like those scoffers, right? So obviously the Bible tells us to be prepared, but it's just common sense anyway that you know, you, you, you don't want to have this laissez-faire attitude in life, whatever will be, will be, and just, you know, be blindsided. You, you want to think ahead and be prepared. So if you believe that, you, that preparation and preparedness is a logical and biblical concept, then doesn't it make sense if we've got in our hands a Bible that gives us a blueprint of what's to come to familiarize yourself with that, therefore to, to be even more prepared? For what's absolutely yeah so I, I just think there are a lot of people out there who i don't know if i'd say a lot but I, i've come across people who because of current events and the tyranny that's happening right before our very eyes the loss of freedoms they have adopted and gone all in with this notion of preparedness uh they're white right with us and all that we've talked about i think it was part seven if i remember right of what in the world is going on uh, but anyway, it's in the title. If you go to our website on, under videos and click on what in the world's going on, they're listed there. And it's the one where I talk about preparedness. There are, yes. there are people that, that are all in with that, but they haven't really connected the dots between the wisdom of preparedness and the study of biblical prophecy. <laughs> they, they are connected. There's yeah. a correlation there. Uh, we have a blueprint in our hands that is infallible. It's the word of God. And right. If we are wise, we would 
study that and, and, and kind of see what lies ahead and therefore be even more prepared. It's not just preparing for evil, it's preparing for good. Yeah. So I, I really think this is going to be a, a really interesting year. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to uh, going through Acts with Plum Creek Chapel. By the way, if you're ever in the Denver area, please come see us on a Sunday or Wednesday. Love to have you worship with us. Uh, you can find out more at plumcreekchapel.org. Um, but uh, I, I, there's, there's just a lot of key things that could happen, uh, and uh, both good and bad. And uh, I think we need right. to keep our eyes on the Word of God and just have more of a overflowing, sort of bubbling over expectancy than ever before. It's an exciting time to be alive. I agree, JB. And, uh, you know, it's funny that you started off with Second Peter 3 in the verse of uh, where the scoffers are saying, where's the promise of his coming? You know, uh, for everything is uh, still the same as it was in ages past since the fathers fell asleep. You know, nothing's changed, Yeah. you know, except we know that everything, that everything is changing. <laughs> and, and, you know, there, there are lots of folks out there that understand uh, they may not understand the fact that he is coming, but they do understand that something is changing. Mm -hmm. And, and, and as Christians, uh, you know, we, we're going to get lots of questions regarding uh, people know what we believe basically. And uh, they're getting more and more curious. In fact, I had a, a dear friend of mine in Amarillo just text me and say, how do I answer somebody who says that to me? And I gave one of the references I gave her was Second Peter three, uh, but but you know, people are asking now. the The awareness is heightened, and we need to be ready to tell them. And, and so, we need to be focused on Bible prophecy, what it says, and what to be ready for. Absolutely, and we need to let let we need to let people know. We need to be more diligent in that. And I, I so I couldn't agree with you more, JB. And uh, I want to thank you for sharing that list with us today. Yeah, you uh, bet. Um, let me mention just a couple of quick things. It's great to be back in the saddle after I was out, down and out for 18 days, actually. And I was wow. I told the church Sunday that I was thinking back over 30 plus years of ministry. I can't think of another time where I went 18 days without speaking somewhere, whether it was when I was in teaching, I would have multiple classes a week or conference ministry, or I was always in a pulpit on somewhere on a Sunday. And so I might have missed one here and there, but then the next Sunday I'd be back or the next Wednesday. So it was a dry spell and I missed it. And so I was really pumped and I'm ready to go uh, tomorrow. We're resuming our midweek series on how to read and understand the Bible. I'm going to begin uh, talking about uh, 24 rules for interpreting scripture. And I hope you guys will tune in for that. That's six o'clock mountain time, or you can always watch the video uh, that is recorded uh, and it'll be up by tomorrow night late. And then, of course, next Sunday, we will resume our nine o'clock study on what lies ahead. We're going to be looking at Babylon and what is Babylon? What's the history of Babylon? What role does Babylon, the city, play in the end time? Yeah, that's going to be good. And then uh, at 10 o'clock, this is all mountain time. Next Sunday, we'll be in part two of my series through the book of Acts. We'll be in Acts chapter two. And uh, so, yeah, I'm just excited. I hope people will uh, stay in touch with us. Uh, notbyworks.org, or you can search for Not By Works Ministries on any podcast provider, or of course, download the new Not By Works app, 
which has everything there, videos, articles, everything we do every week is always immediately posted to our app. So, and it's totally free. So thank you guys so much, man. It's been an honor and I oh. hope that the Lord will use this today to, uh, to really motivate some folks to, to get back into the word. Amen. And it's always a, an honor for us to be able to host you and have you with us on Tuesday mornings, JB, you're a great blessing to us personally. And, uh, and a great blessing to the the ministry that we're that we're doing, and uh, we we look forward to uh, uh, a long lasting association, uh, at least until the Lord comes back. And I don't know how long lasting it'll be, but boy, I'll tell you what, it's fun for right now. Well, uh, it'll be great because even after that, it'll we'll still have a long lasting association. It's just you, you we'll be at the feet of our Lord, and he'll be the one doing the podcasting. <laughs> Amen, man. Right. Amen. I can hardly wait for it. Yeah. All right, ladies and gentlemen, and you you heard that last announcement. Uh, be with JB on, on his uh, streaming uh, messages on Sunday and Wednesday. Uh, it, it's gonna it's great information that he's gonna be putting out, and uh, you don't want to miss it. So join him on notbyworks.org. Uh, every chance you can get and and we thank you for being with us today uh, uh to hear what jb had to say and uh, we look forward to doing this again next week jb and uh, until then um, may the lord keep you healthy and your family healthy and we're, we're really just tickled to have you back my pleasure all right so with that being said we're going to let you go um i'm sure you've got to stick a thermometer in your ear or something but uh you know we you got to stay on top of these things you got to stay ready man so, so you take good care of yourself you hear me brother yes sir I can't all right okay time. <laughs> okay uh so we'll hopefully we'll be with you next tuesday but a reminder for our listeners that uh, we will have two more segments upcoming this Saturday with Pastor Dick Saturday morning and Lucas Doremus on the book of Proverbs, uh, probably Saturday night or Sunday morning. So, uh, Pastor Dick is, is pondering uh, doing a, an hour or two segment on redemption, oddly enough. See how this all ties together. Amen. Isn't the Holy, isn't the Holy Spirit wonderful? Okay, so... Knowing what you know now, ladies and gentlemen, you know where to go to get the best information, not by works.org or the Christian Underground News Network. Either way, you can't go wrong. So until we uh, are able to be with you again Saturday morning, may God bless and keep you and uh, keep you safe and healthy. And we will see you again Saturday morning.